okay? Another practical day full of practical advice, full from a great business coach, the entre coach, Les Dossie. Today on Knucklehead, your home for practical, real, authentic messages from business owners. Choose not to live in a world of filters. Realize your mistakes. Set the foundation for your success. Get some wins. Knucklehead Podcast. So welcome to another edition of Knucklehead Podcast. Uh, you got with you today, the Knucklehead, Stephen. And I've got Les Dossie with me. And some of you who are listening may go, Les who? Les, Les Dossie? If you recognize the term entrepreneur, and if you recognize the competitive landscape of life, you realize the value of a coach. He is the entre coach. He's the entrepreneur coach. It's not just about business. It's about life. And you better buckle up because you're about ready to get it. Less is, uh, less is coming at you. So uh, if you are sitting down, those of you who are listening, if you're in a commute, if you're on a plane, if you're downloaded this to, to be listened to later, you better buckle up because Les is, uh, is going to bring it. Uh, so Les, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Man, I'm doing great. How could I not be doing good after that intro, right? Yeah, well, um, you know, I've, I've, I've built you up. I've, I've set you up a little bit. But the thing is, is people don't even think, like whenever they start listening to this they, and they hear about Knucklehead, because everybody who's listening uh, knows that largely our show is based off of sharing of mistakes, sharing of failures, sharing of screw-ups, getting yeah. our nose bloodied, our knees scraped out there. Uh, in the world, really just just messing up and trying to uh, trying to get this this thing called life figured out, whether it's a business or a relationship. This is knucklehead. This is the show where we talk about those mistakes because in every single successful endeavor, whether it's a business or relationship, a lot of times, especially especially in today's world, you don't hear about the junk. What you hear about is an Instagram post, the highlights, the the Facebook messages, the hey, get 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 up with me on email. Hey, you know what? Uh, let's let's talk when it's a little bit less distracting in the background. That's not when the messy stuff of life happens, and quite frankly, that's not when the breakthroughs happen. And that's yeah. what stuck out to me about your story. And so uh, that's what Knucklehead got started with. But I I want you to tell people a little bit about. Um, some of the things that you experienced, at least early on, early on in life, and how that shaped the perspective that you have about success now. All right, sounds good. You know, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. This is uh, this is an honor for me. I I love the brand Knucklehead. I think it's a, a term of endearment. I think it's perfectly suited and matched to who an entrepreneur really is. Somebody who's pioneering and innovative, and ambitious and growth oriented, and takes big risks and doesn't mind stepping off into the chaos and bringing order to it. And so, you know, uh, I was just, I was so honored when you invited me on. So, uh, Entre Coach, our focus is on building great Entre Humans. And we didn't come by that brand very easily or that, that mission very easily. I should say, I say we, I mean, what we're becoming. Uh, I started off as a one-to-one coach and I've been scaling up and, building out an organization to achieve the mission that I believe I'm here to, uh, to achieve. It's interesting because I was just writing in my journal this morning. This is probably the eighth chapter of my journey. And most books have about 10 chapters, and at least most books that I like have about 10 chapters in it. So I figure I got two more chapters left in my life. And what's especially fascinating about that for me is that I'm 57 years old this year. And in the spring of 2016, 
I decided to completely upgrade and rebuild my business and my life. So you might be asking, why would a guy who's 55 years old make a decision that required that much of an investment in time, energy, money, talent, resources? You, you asked the question for me. I'm supposed to ask the questions here, Les, but my goodness, here you go. <laughs> I go again. Please, why would somebody at 55 years old do that? So uh, it's, it's interesting what great questions do to us. They cause us to examine or re-examine the state of our business and our life or any domain that, you know, that's personal to us. So health, fitness, finances, relationships, our social involvement. Great questions lead us to ask uh, even greater questions, lead us to even greater answers and, and open up a world that we couldn't see before to us. And so in the spring of 2016, I was walking around in our business district downtown, which is gorgeous. We, we live here on the water. There's the James River and the Elizabeth River. And in our backyard is the largest naval installation in the world. SEAL Team 6, formerly SEAL Team 6, which, which is now Dev Group, is also right here uh, around the corner. Who knows? They may be spying on me right now. Couldn't tell. <laughs> you know, doing a reconnaissance. But uh, they are. Yes. I was walking around downtown. I was jumping on the ferry to cross over the water to go have lunch with a friend. And we entered into this great conversation where we were asking really great questions of each other and a light bulb went off in my head. And I thought, wow, I have fallen absolutely head over heels in love with this area. And that great question and, and, and epiphany led me to ask other great questions. I wonder what I would do with the future moving forward now that I've recognized that I've fallen in love with this region and I want to plant because I'm a transplant, right? I hadn't been here that long. And that led me to ask that second question, which is what do I want to do with my future now that I've figured out that I've fallen in love with the area. And suddenly the future opened up to me in ways that I hadn't previously saw. Because what I've been doing, Stephen, is one-to-one coaching with entrepreneurs from around, literally from around the world. Most of that was done via Google Hangouts. Well, as I began to contemplate those questions that led me to more questions, what led me to more answers. And, and eventually what happened was, now you got to remember in 2016, I started my journey as a coach in 2003. So what was that 15 years? No, not 15. 13 years. Yeah. yeah. 13 by, my, years. by knuckle yeah, so, math. Yeah. So in 13 years, you can become pretty accomplished at just about anything if you really dive off into it. And so there was a tremendous amount of learning that took place and, an even greater number of questions that rose as a result of interacting with all of my incredible entrepreneurial clients. And so all of those questions and answers and experiences coalesced and patterns started emerging. And I was like, Oh my God, I've got to do something with this because this has transcendent value. I need to package it up. I need to deliver it in a much more uh, impactful way. And so we began, I began to, and, and, I keep saying we because we're in this process, right, of shifting from it just being me to a one-to-one coaching to me in a group, me in an organization. Anyway, I began to rebrand, rewrite the narrative, develop new thinking tools and questioning strategies and, and take concepts that I had developed over the preceding 13 years and package them up in a different way so that all of that could be made physical to underpin coaching and also be used to scale up an organization and have other coaches do it with me. So 
the, the most amazing thing that happened, and it wasn't something that I was experiencing, was that, you know, after you reach a certain age, the future starts looking like this, right? Here I am, and the future's getting closer. I mean, the, the, the end's getting closer, right? I'm running out of time. And as a result of asking all those questions and going through all that stuff, the, the future just did this. It inverted it. It opened up to me, and I went, oh, my God. Well, that expansion caused me to get rejuvenated and re-energized and almost reborn as if here I am a 55, 56, 57 year old feeling like I'm 25 again, only with all the wisdom that I've accumulated over the years. And so, man, here I am. And it's, it's incredible. It's, it's like, it's like, it's quite literally like, uh, like, like, being 25 again, if you could go back in time, that's what it's like. It's so when you say it's going back in time, like you're 25, I, I, I gotta, I gotta stop you. One, because I think the experiences that you, that you're describing, sometimes when people go through them, they, they start complaining. I mean, they, they tuck their tail straight between their legs yeah. and they start whining. And it's, 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 it's nothing but a pattern that can get either replicated. It's a, it's a pattern that sometimes, um, well, in every single instance, we just go back and default to the path of least resistance. Yeah. So what was it about your decision uh, that was different? I mean, what, why did yeah. you decide to make it different? Yeah, so that takes me back a little further. So spring of 1998 was another pivotal moment for me. And I had been or had experienced some form of tragedy on average every 13 to 19 months, including the the death of a, of a girlfriend, car full of buddies uh, in a head-on collision. My first son was born with outright ventricle and had to have open-heart surgery. Well, when he was five, they did the surgery again, but this time all of his organs shut down because of a, an allergic reaction to anesthesia and they couldn't reboot him. And so he died before they ever even took him into the operating room. He literally died in my arms. And then both my younger siblings died, both my maternal and my paternal grandparents died. I got divorced. So these things just kept stacking up and stacking up and stacking up. And pretty soon it just became way more than anything that I could bear. And so in the spring of 98, I asked God to let me take my last breath. What I got in return was one word. It was journal. You have a choice. As an entrepreneur, you can either be inauthentic, you can be authentic, you can be genuine, real, or you can just smoke and mirrors, try to pretend like you have the answer. Each one of the struggles that Les is diving into today would knock somebody flat on their tail. We're just getting into some really good stuff here on Knucklehead. So stand by real quick, quick word from our sponsor, and we'll get back to Les. Hey, it's Chris Hoffman, CEO and founder of Vet Training Coaching and host of the Ambitious Vet Podcast. You're listening to the Knucklehead Podcast with Stephen Cullen. Let's go out and make those mistakes and get better one at a time. Let's get it. What, hold on for a second. What, that's that's all of those. One of those would have mm -hmm. knocked somebody on their tail and and largely felt justified for never giving back up. Every yeah. eighteen months for years that happened. And you can you talk about what do you mean when you say you were given the word journal? What, journal. What what does that mean? Journal. Yeah. So I'm. I'm it's it's three thirty in the morning. It's spring of nineteen ninety eight and. I'm just distraught, you know, I'm, I'm like dead inside and I'm exhausted. And so I just kind of, I, just, I don't, I don't need to tell you about my behavior that led up to that. I mean, I was engaged in very destructive behavior, just trying to cope. 
Uh, I was an entrepreneur as a single dad. I, I was getting divorced. There were all these crazy things that were just, ugh. and so when I asked God to let me die, it was because I didn't want to continue into the future. If it was going to be like my past fair, hundred percent, hundred percent. I understand that. And, and it was, it was almost, it's kind of hard to replay it now because I've, I've gone back into my past and cleaned it all up and reorganized it so that it's useful to me. Back then, it was obviously deeply troubling and, and, and gut-wrenching. But <clears throat> I, I had this almost uh, out-of-body experience where, and, and I don't mean to imply that it was that I literally left my body. That's not what I'm saying. But I experienced something with my eyes open that was a game-changer for me. It was like I've... I felt like I was falling into an abyss and that I was reaching terminal velocity. And I just thought that any second I was going to hit the bottom and that would be it. I'd just take my last breath and I'd be dead. Well, instead what happened is I reached terminal velocity and then things started slowing down almost as if I deployed my chute and it, it caught me. It, it broke my fall. And then it just slowed down and slowed down. And, slowed. and, the me, and at the same time, so did my mind. It just kind of came to rest, and I went, wow. And then I heard a single word, journal. And for those, of, for those of you who are listening and not just watching, it's important to understand the vivid detail in which he just described that. And the, and the reason why is you hear it all the time, and we're, we're programmed in a way to just allow these interactions and just graze off the surface. It's almost as if astronauts are reentering the atmosphere and they, they hit the wrong angle. The intention yeah. is right because they're largely headed in that right direction, but the angle in which they engage with the atmosphere will reflect them back into space. Yeah. When he said he was answered with one clear word and journal, we needed to reorient this conversation to understand that that was significantly impactful because all of what, all what really changed through that process, and I don't mean to use foreshadowing here, but my goodness, was it just perspective or what was it that changed? Yeah. So for me, the word journal raised an immediate question. What do you mean? You know? And so I mustered up enough energy to get up off the couch. I went and got a steno pad to pen. I sat back down at the couch, opened the journal up and wrote life sucks on the first page tossed the pen down, fell back on the couch and passed out because I was exhausted. But then when I got back up, I made another entry. And the next day I made another entry. And pretty soon I got to where I was literally pouring what was inside of me out onto the pages. And over time it evolved and became structured journaling. So in the beginning it was just kind of free flowing, but then I started adding structure to it because I recognized that there were great questions that if I captured them and asked them over and over and over again, it would lead to better and better answers. And that evolved into sort of the very first piece of content that I used as a coach to help my entrepreneurial clients sort of re-examine, uh, reorganize, clean up, you know, all the deficient, dysfunctional areas in their, in, in their business and life. Uh, journaling, quite frankly, was what it was the process that God chose to help me deal with what I had gone through. Yeah. And that's, so that's a, that's an incredible, uh, that you can use that, that tactic or that, that exercise, that physical work yeah, uh, and leverage that as a strategy. Right. And you know, what's interesting, what's interesting, Stephen, is that 
not only did I get the word journal, but it was like there was a depositive, a deposit made in my soul to dig deep, to try and get beneath everything. And, and also a deposit of courage. I don't know where the courage came from, uh, but this, this almost insatiable desire to eliminate my own suffering, right, was there. I could, I could see it. I could feel it. I could hear it in, in the narrative in my head. This, uh, this deep desire to get underneath it and, and really challenge everything that had happened to me. Am I going to believe it the way that I currently see it? Am I going to accept that that's the way it is? In other words, am I going to follow the way the rest of the world would experience this and just suffer the consequences of that? Or can I get beneath it and examine it from every angle and try to reorganize it and, and clean it up and make it useful for me instead of a right and free myself from it so that I could continue to move on into the future and, and actually be a, you know, a a fully functioning human being. So that, that personal, that personal, I don't mean to jump in and, and ask you this question here, but how does that apply in some cases to your business or is your business due in large part to this personal examination that you help business owners go through? Yeah. So all the areas of our life that flourish and grow are areas where we've done enough in the way of examination to bring order to it, right? It's the chaotic areas of our business and life that don't flourish and grow. And so if you're struggling in an area, and I like to use the word suffering, if you're suffering in an area, and, and you know, the challenge with entrepreneurs is that we're rugged. You know, we're, we don't mind the punches. That's just part of the journey. It's like taking your wagons and heading south before the, the country was developed, right? Before there were roads and so on and so forth. It's like, you're going to get beat up. You're going to cut yourself. You're going to, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be easy. So we're accustomed to kind of putting up with all of that stuff. And yet it's suffering. It's angst inside of an organization, inside of a person's life that prevents growth. And so if you could go systematically through the entire, uh, the entirety of your business and your life and, and begin to remove all of the angst, then in all those areas where you've removed the angst, you'd start to grow. And not only would you grow, not only would you start growing, but you start growing and going exponential because you've removed all the obstacles that would prevent that from happening. And as a result, you become supremely valuable to the marketplace because where do they live? Where does most people live? They live in chaos. So an entrepreneur who can bring sort of order to the chaos is highly sought after. It's almost as if, it's almost as if the, the process of personal development, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if you could break it down into its simplest terms, the process of yeah. personal development that was revealed to you at that time mm-hmm. was also the, the answer in which you were going to be taking uh, that next step. And I like how you described it earlier in, in terms of chapters. Yeah. How did chapter five in, in your life. Cause I'm thinking about that about years ago, like the, the book of life, so to speak, I'm assuming you've written a book about this or sure. have you unpublished, but sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, I, I, hey, Steven, I say the two most important books an entrepreneur will ever read are the two that he wrote him, the two that he wrote about, or yeah, the two that he wrote about himself. I, I was trying to put in there, he and she, her and him, him and her. But, they. Uh, 
Yeah, Everybody you. yeah. yeah I know what you meant. Books they wrote about themselves. Sure. One of, them, one of them is a journal, and it's an ongoing write. It's this book that you use to examine yourself and, yep. and uh, make decisions about whether or not it's a good idea to invest in an upgrade. Hundred percent. Well, I love how you, I love how you made it simple. So the 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 commonalities between the clients that you work with, yeah. that process that you take them through, how similar is it to the process that you just described that you personally went through yourself? Yeah. So my my business is focused on making business and life simple, and what that involves is breaking the whole thing down into its component parts, and then simplifying all those component parts so that everything integrated runs like a well-oiled machine. And too often what happens is as an entrepreneur and his business grow, complexity is added. And if there's not a, literally a strategic, intentional, innovative way to bring simplicity to that complexity, it just becomes an invisible wall that eventually ends up stopping uh, the entrepreneur. Uh, whether it's an internal uh, level of complexity, it's stopping them or something that's external. And so my job as a coach is to ask really great questions. And I do that using uh, questioning strategies and thinking tools and, and, a, and a very intentionally simplified coaching process. So I, like Stephen, my, my program is designed so that in the first quarter that they're with me, there's three initiatives with three outcomes that we can measure. And that way I can tighten their focus down and give them a big impact, an impact that will then allow them to identify multipliers they can use. And then in the second quarter, do the same thing, three, three initiatives and three big outcomes. And we just keep repeating that over time, finding accelerators and multipliers and leverage and places where subtractions need to happen. And in essence, what it's doing is it's bringing order to all the unexamined, chaotic areas of their business and life, making things simple, so that they're then free to do what they're actually designed to do. And that's innovate and create and pioneer and all those things that are fun and exciting to do. Not all that other crap that bogs them down and locks them in place and hems them in so tight they can't even breathe. Yeah, I, I love that. So what we call that, we call that get some wins. Yeah. And so the wins component requires a, a certain amount of focus and developing inertia to get past those dysfunctional areas. And you're largely bringing into focus uh, where that inertia is wasted motion, where that inertia is is on wasted energy and just, quite frankly, just expending for no cost. And it's an indirect cost to the business. Yeah. Uh, so as an individual that has experienced, interacted with, with uh, clients who've maybe lost loved ones or compromised mm -hmm. relationships because of the their business, uh, what what is something that you would go back and tell them that would help solve their problem before it ends up breaking? Yeah. So one of the biggest challenges that that all of my clients, myself included, have faced at various times, and almost without exception, when they when they come to me initially, there's a great deal of externalization. So in other words, they've stopped taking extreme ownership of their life, and they're, now they're casting blame instead of right? So they're playing the victim. And once you start playing the victim game, then you've acquiesced. You, you, know, you no longer have the power to make any changes. Your mind shuts down and the environment starts closing in on you. And, and so I'm, I'm, I don't suffer victims very well. Uh, somebody who's, who's, who's gone through more than my fair share of punishment and suffering, 
I just look them right now and I go, when are you going to stop playing the victim? Uh, as soon as you stop playing the victim, a new future will open up to you. You'll be able to see things that you can't currently see. But you got to make the decision. You're going to keep playing the victim or you're going to stop. So I, you know, I'm just very direct. I like to cut to the chase. It's just the kind of guy that I am. And so I can either cut to the chase with a great question or I can cut to the chase with a great statement, just both of them punch him in the nose and wake him up. And frankly, that's what we need because we go into trance all day, day in and day out. And a really good coach is, uh, is keeping their clients awake, right? Keeping them focused on, uh, on the mission. Fair? Yeah, I think that that's – well, there's two principles that we have in the Marine Corps. There's mission objective, obviously, accomplishment of the mission, and then troop welfare, the second thing. Yeah. Right? And so largely the training for entrepreneurship that a lot of veterans or business owners – excuse me, um, uh, service members go through, uh, I think the, the largest percentage of entrepreneurs, if you look at the course of history, have came from um, that training, came from the military. Yeah. And, um, and there's some similarities between, uh, small business owners and the, uh, kind of the PTSD type symptoms that you can go through when you can't make payroll or you, you know, you've, uh, you've, you're just, you're sleepless because you, you quite frankly, you're full of stress and anxiety. And what we went through in some cases, some of us more than others, uh, whenever you're fighting in combat. So yeah. how do you, how do you help a, uh, uh somebody yeah. who's who, somebody who's a business owner, that might be the greatest question you've asked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how do you help somebody deal with that? Yeah. So, uh, well, first of all, they have to, they have to acknowledge that they are experiencing some kind of suffering. So if I can get them to tell me the truth, then I can help them break free. And the way you do that is you help them to reframe it. Uh, and reframing is, is everything, right? And you reframe by asking great questions. What about this? And if, you, if you're going to continue to do this this way, you're committed to it, and it's currently punishing you. Does it make sense to change the way you see it or change the way the game's designed so that it begins to reward you instead of punishing you? And then you just come at it from every angle and help them gain fresh perspective. Too often we're very myopic, right? We see what we see and we don't look around the corner and, and go around the other side to look at it. And so we have a very one-dimensional view. And what you really need to have to really thrive is you need a multi-dimensional view of everything that's happening in your world, whether it's in your business or in your personal relationships or in your health, if you gain a multidimensional view, then it begins to change. Well, it changes how you think. It changes uh, what you see. It changes your aim. It changes everything. And it does it in a very remarkable way. You know, I wanted to touch on I don't know if we have time, but I wanted to touch on a concept. A hundred percent. Go down that path. What do yes. you want to go? Yeah. So there's a concept I've been working on now for well north of a decade, and I've been walking it out slowly on my own and, and sharing it with my clients little by little as the concepts sort of come together and the motivations, the mindsets, the capabilities required to sort of walk it out uh, evolved. And it's kind of reached that point now where I'm reaching some critical mass and, and my clients are, are, who are literally acting on this concept to actualize it in their own lives it's really making a big, major sort of exponential impact in, in remarkable ways. So I experienced it first, and now my clients are starting to experience it. And as they're experiencing it, I'm seeing things about it that I never even believed that I would or imagined that I would see. And so here's the concept. Too much of what happens in our life, whether we're an entrepreneur, professional, or just a, just a human being, is 
is our focus is fractured and it it just reaches way out into the out into the world and right so our time energy talent and our attitude is is consumed by it what we need to do is tighten our focus right down to it's like aim small miss small <laughs> tighten our focus down to this is what we're looking at and so this concept involves shrinking your world down to just the unique people that you engage with day in and day out, week in and week out, over the course of a year, over the course of two years, and then going to each of those people, viewing them as members of your team. It doesn't matter if it's the guy who changes your oil, the lady who cuts your hair, the gal at the checkout stand at the grocery store, your client, uh, or a member of your team, your family, or your kids, is viewing each of them as a member of your team, and then examining the state of the teamwork with each of those people. And then systematically going to every one of them and negotiating better teamwork with them. And the way you do that is, you see if you can light them up. And the way you light them up is you look past their flaws to see their humanity, and then reach beyond their humanity into their being and find their greatness. One of the ways you do that is that you, you know, you use their name, you ask them, uh, you don't ask them, but you celebrate whatever it is that they're doing. There's a guy who opens the door for me uh, where I park every day and he's dressed very nice and he's got a big smile. And so I stopped and I said, I said, you don't know how much I appreciate you opening this door for me. I said, I don't like touching door handles. In fact, I just won't do it. I'll use a, I'll carry around a napkin in my pocket or use the shirt sleeve to open the doors up because I'm kind of a germaphobe. <laughs> and he got a big smile on his face. He said, he said, I'm kind of that way too. I said, well, I appreciate you opening the door for me. I said, what's your name? I said, my name's Les. And he said, I'm Durrell. And so I just began developing a relationship with Durrell. Well, now he goes out of his way to open the door for me. And he does it with this big beaming smile. And so it lights me up. So I've lit him up. Now he's lighting me up. Well, imagine doing that with everybody in your unique world, one after another. All the angst, which is where, right, relationships is where most of the angst lives. So if you start practicing getting into better teamwork, negotiating a better future with all the people in your hemisphere, right? You free yourself mentally, emotionally, uh, physically, and these incredible upgrades start to happen in the way you think, in the way you act, in the choices that you make, in the way you see the marketplace that you serve, the way you see your clients, the way you see your team, the way you see yourself. All of these incredible exponential upgrades start to happen. And it literally transcends where you were to a completely new level, almost separating you completely and entirely from your competition because they can't figure out what it is that you're doing. So your IP is protected, right? Your prices and margins are protected. You no longer have to spend big bucks on marketing because you're creating something for the people in your world that's so unique and so special that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was waiting. I, was, I didn't want to interrupt you. The way in which you just described, um, the way in which you just described a concept, um, mm -hmm. I've heard it said before, one of my coaches has communicated this with me. As they said, why don't you just try putting some goodness out there? Yeah. And, and in fact, when you, when you put goodness out there, mm -hmm. there is a principle that, that will come back to you. You can't, you can't measure where it comes back. What yeah. you do is you largely focused on putting good and being totally. intentional about that. 
Yeah, we live in a we live in a what you sow is what you reap world. Well, yeah. putting goodness out there is great, no no question about it. But why not put it out there in an exponential way by just focusing on the people in your unique world? Now you've created a lot of multipliers for yourself because you've raised the quality of living for everybody in your unique world. That that's I can't even begin to calculate how powerful that is. So. It's, I mean, it's, it really, when you, when you break it down into its most simplest form, it could be the difference between somebody accepting responsibility for uh, their attitude yeah. or somebody uh, who's going through largely a difficult time, quite frankly, uh, yeah. you being able to recognize them as a, a being. And then I loved how you described that and then looking past them as a being. And, yeah. and now you're, you're connected in a way that's, uh, it's kind of incalculable. It's immeasurable. It's immeasurable. I, I, I like, I like the concept. I, uh, I'm digging it. And in right. response with you, to be honest with you, the, the mistakes that, the mistakes that people make, will change their perspective so much so that uh, unless they start to step back away from their mistake and then look around the corner and realize that they were running into a wall, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to experiencing the resistance, complaining about the resistance when, when in fact all they have to do is just take a step to the right or the left and yeah. go around whatever that obstacle was. Um, it, it's, almost, it's almost as if people don't truly appreciate uh, the failures, mistakes, the setbacks, the opportunities, whatever you want to call them, that resistance in life. Yeah. Uh, and I can appreciate that about your story for sure. Yeah, I think it's, I guess the, the mindset there, Stephen, is that if you're an entrepreneur and that's the way you're wired, then you need to understand and, and curate the mindset that you welcome all the obstacles, the challenges, the hardships, the, the threats, the messes, the fires, because that means that you're growing. It, it gives you an opportunity to develop a new capability. And every new capability that you develop makes you more valuable. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's how the marketplace rewards us, right? It's for the value that we create. It's for the suffering that we eliminate and the pleasure that we provide. If you can do both of those because you're, you know, you're constantly engaged in an activity that by engaging in the activity raises your mindset to higher and higher and higher levels, freeing you from all the crap that exists down here on the ground, then you can go places uh, nobody else can go. It's exciting to think about the limitless possibility. Too often we're we're wanting to bring everything back in into our world so we can understand it as right. like taking off the limits and, uh, and allowing, uh, and allowing just a new perspective to take over. Uh, it's a concept that sometimes unless you're mired in your own muck, you're going to have a difficult time. You're going to have a difficult time grasping. So, right on. um, Les, I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking some time to talk people through, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what some people might think is a, a non-tactical conversation, but they miss the point if they feel like uh, if they feel like that after listening to this last half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe that you know if you're in the North Virginia area, right? If you're in that area and you have an opportunity to interact with, say that one more time. Southeastern Virginia. Excuse me, Southeastern Virginia. Automatically, I went straight to D.C. So forgive me. Um, um, if you're in the Virginia area, what I would suggest is two things, figure out a time that you can try to get with less. Um, second thing that I would do is if you're not in that area, figure out a time to interact with EntreCoach online, um, spending time being intentional, uh, with something that 
that you could use perspective from. That's where that's when somebody like that's where somebody like less. That's what they do. But it's it's also you, you you can severely underestimate the impact that a time with an individual like this can do and and change your perspective and how much more productive your time will be after having spent time with him. That's yeah. that's what my encouragement is uh, for those of you who are listening. Right on. So with that, Les, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, so the easiest way to initiate contact with me, and I coach clients from all over the country, uh, is to go to entre.coach forward slash discover. And then you can get on my calendar using the, you know, the, the technology. Uh, if you want to follow along, then entre.tips forward slash li. That's my LinkedIn profile. So I'm okay. constantly interacting on, on LinkedIn and very responsive. So in, on those mediums, do you, do you have digital products that you use to, to help people who want to curate your material or does that exist on your website or does it, where does it, where, do, where can people go if they just want to, to yeah. find out a little bit more about less? Yeah, the website, the LinkedIn profile, we just launched a brand new podcast and a YouTube channel uh, under the name Being Entrehuman. And, you know, the reason for that is because we want to focus on helping our clients to simplify their business and life and free them and their companies to flourish and grow in every domain. So I won't coach an entrepreneur if they're only interested in growing the bottom line of their business. That doesn't entice me at all. I want to work with an entrepreneur who wants to really enter life and raise himself and his company to the highest levels possible. And that's what energizes and excites me. So, Well, you heard it here. Here at Knucklehead, we uh, we don't shy away from we don't shy away from those questions, uh, and largely we want to be able to provide people the opportunity to talk about those dark times. One, because it's common between all of us. The difference between those who accomplish and those that don't is exactly what Les described. He described a, a scenario where, quite frankly, he had every excuse on the planet uh, to uh, to choose the victimhood path, but instead he just reinforced that will to to move forward. And that victor mentality, that victor uh, muscle was reinforced. And so we appreciate uh, the courage that it took to do that. Uh, we don't uh, criticize for the mistakes, and we certainly don't apologize uh, for making them. However, we need to be able to talk about them so they don't have power over us anymore, and they can fuel us to where we need to go. So we appreciate you sharing that with our audience, Les. Anything, uh, anything else you want to leave these folks with? It's all about grace, man. Right. It's all about grace. Well, I'm, I'm only able to do what I'm able to do because of grace. Period. 100%. 100%. Well, we appreciate you. Uh, for those of you who like listening to Knucklehead Podcast, we've got a new episode coming out every Tuesday. And with the, the rapid fire way in which we produce these episodes, uh, we're largely trying to react to what the demand in the market is telling us, and that is releasing more content. So mm-hmm. there's more coming. Uh, however, right now every Tuesday. New episodes come out from time to time. We will release a second episode on Thursdays um, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on uh, Sound, or excuse me, on Podbean. Uh, there's different ways to interact with our, our, uh, our information, social media platforms, we're knucklehead promotions. We help companies get their messaging tight. We teach companies how to help um, hone in their marketing messages to make sure that their podcasts or their Curated material actually helps people engage with content in a way that leads to uh, the type of engagement that gives them 
uh, that gives them a competitive advantage. Quite frankly, it's a new tool and, uh, and that's what we're here for. So those of you who are listening to Knucklehead Podcast and you want to get in touch with me, you know how to get in touch with me across all social media channels. But Les told you how to get in touch with him. And with that, my encouragement is don't be beta. Go out and get you some wins. Uh, we'll don't be beta. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>